Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. All these self-driving cars, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before some AI writes a country music song uh-huh. where the car leaves his owner. Huh? Oh. Huh? Clever. Huh? Yeah. Clever. Class is it. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Have you ever heard of an effect named after a human being? No. The something effect. No. It came up just in general conversation. I was talking with someone and they mentioned the Streisand effect, as in Barbara Streisand. And the first thing I thought, this has got to be like the perfect voice or something like that. It's not. I looked at it. I didn't say to the person, hey, what's that mean? Uh, I just, like I do a lot of my life, I You ran away and, and, and Googled it. And, 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 yeah. Ran and Googled it. The Streisand effect, and you at home, please look this stuff up. It's funny. There are websites dedicated to this. The Streisand effect. The attempt to hide, remove, or censor information that can lead to unintended consequences of increasing awareness of that information. Your attempting to hide it makes people want to go find it. What was she trying to hide? Here's the story. In 2003, Barbara Streisand sued a photographer. His name was Kenneth Edelman. And what, what it was, was he took some aerial photographs of this coastline in California to show that there was, what is it, erosion okay. going on. Yeah. Well, he could have cared less what the buildings were, and one of them was Barbara Streisand's house. Well, instead of just keeping her mouth shut, this picture, known as Image 3850, had only <laughs> been downloaded six times prior to Barbara Streisand bring a lawsuit against this guy. Uh-oh. Here's the problem. Even though the lawsuit was dropped after a while because even Barbara Streisand realized, well, that was a mistake. Uh, public awareness of the case led to more than 420,000 people visiting the site the next month. Oh, is it still there? It's I'm sure it is. I want to see it. Because this was created through a government thing. They were attempting to show the erosion of all of the, the, the big cliffs and such. Wow. And here's a couple more. Tom Cruise tried like crazy to stop an indoctrination video of getting out there. And, of course, the Internet heard about it, and they heard about it through, I think, South Park. And people went ballistic. Uh, Glenn Beck had a video, apparently, where he murdered somebody. What? And rather than... It's not true. And rather than just keeping his big, fat yap shut... 
He had to talk about it. And the whole world went crazy to go find it. Beyonce, I think it was part of her Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But they just caught her. You know, you, you take a thousand pictures and you just, it's like pausing the TV and the person is always in a derp face. <laughs> well, she got caught in a derp face. I mean, she's maybe one of the top 10 most beautiful women on the planet, but they caught her in a derp face. Yeah. And rather than saying, you know what? That's funny. Let's print that on a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. And let's sell it. Which would have pulled the air out of it. Amen. No, she tried to get the internet, quote, Ooh. to erase it. And it didn't work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. The thing is, I got on the Facebook device and I asked all of my musical friends, hey, what do you know about an effect that is named after a musician. Mm -hmm. And there are a ton of them. I didn't even know half of these things existed before I started doing the research for the show. So we'll start with the Streisand effect. We'll come back and we'll start talking about effects that are named after musicians. And then in the breaks, I've got some theories and effects that deal with music and we'll We'll tell you about those as well. Yes? Yes, I you like bet. it. Barbara Streisand effect here on Rock School. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my So there you go. There's the Streisand effect. And by the way, it took me half a second to go find, once again, what's it called? Image 3850. It's just a picture of the coastline, but the big giant house. Oh, it ain't a house. Is bar it's a mansion. It it's, really is. It's a kingdom. It's a mixed Streisand. Um, oh. Thank you. By the way, I didn't mention this in the first break. She sued the photographer mm -hmm. for $50 million. My gosh. Well, look, she knew he didn't have that. It was a slap suit. The whole idea was to force him to take it down. Yeah. So if you want to look that up, by the way, S-L-A-P-P, slap suit. It's actually a beautiful uh, picture. I would hang it up. I thought so, too. But again, like, wow. if she'd have I just kept that. her mouth shut. Yeah, she's got a big one. You know, and if it took off, say, well, that's nice. Let's mm -hmm. let's let's frame that and send it out. You know, because who's got the ability to go up in the air and fly over her house? Right. Very few people. So I did some searching. You know where I found most of these? No. In the Urban Dictionary. Hmm. Okay. The Taylor Swift effect. From the Urban Dictionary, upon hearing Taylor Swift, every girl between the ages of 11 and 20 who knew at least one chord on an acoustic guitar declared themselves a singer-songwriter and began to write billions of generic songs about breakups and jealousy even if they had no singing ability or talent whatsoever. This phenomenon is still occurring today and will continue for several years until a new singer comes along that changes the trend from breakups to some new, bland, and generic topic. See Men Stink. There you go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing, huh? Well, now look, that's that's kind of a joke. However, if you look through the guitar literature, yeah. you know, the magazines and such... They also have a Taylor Swift effect. There was a name for it. I can't remember what it is. There's another one we're going to do here, and they're calling it a phenomenon. That's, that's a bit much. But 
They say that once Taylor Swift became a pop star, because the the country version of Taylor Swift, don't get me wrong, she had reach. Right. But once she was doing pop, shake it off, shake it off. I mean, to the moon, Alice went out. And what they have found is when this effect of hers hit, it was more women buying guitar than men buying guitar. And it even had a effect on the guitars that are being sold. Right. Instead of everything looking like a Les Paul, manly, and everything looking like a Strat, manly, there was a lot of pink guitars, blue guitars, yellow guitars, and they were feminized up. And I know that upsets some women because they, you know, I can play any guitar I want. Yes, yes, you can. But so can all the other women who actually like pink and powder blue and chartreuse and whatever other Martha Stewart name for a color. Men know seven colors. That's it. Maybe nine with black and white. But that's it. When you came home with two paint colors one time to do a room Uh and you went, now this is brick uh and this is raspberry. (sighs) They're red. No, they're not. No. This is raspberry. They're not. Okay. I have no idea if this is a good song or not. I don't know anything about Taylor Swift, and I don't want to play Shake It Off. So here's Taylor Swift as a part of the Taylor Swift effect. Okay, coming out of Taylor Swift. Was that a good Taylor Swift song? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if anybody will write a song about Taylor Swift leaving them. Ooh. Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? Yes. Hmm? I think so. No. I saw a meme not too long ago, which I thought was cute. All these self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time before some AI writes a country music song uh-huh. where the car leaves his owner. Huh? Oh, huh? clever. Huh? Yeah. Clever. Uh-huh. I found the share effect. And and what it is was just simply the overt use of autotune. C-H-E-R. Yeah, as share. in share. I don't even know what Cher's last name is. Cher Smith. It was Bono for a while. It was it? Bono for a while, but I think now it's uh, Johnson. Cher Johnson. She's so big, she doesn't need a last name. Leave her alone. I think I might not be right about that. Uh, Here's the one that I find really interesting. I had actually heard about this. The Baker Street Effect. The story goes that when Baker Street was being recorded, that very famous saxophone bit, that was supposed to be done by a studio guitarist who did not show up. This fella, Raphael Ravenscroft, and you he's since passed away, but you need to find a picture of him. He looks like his name should be Raphael Ravenscroft. <laughs> he comes in and is played the, the bit, and he goes, I can do that. And what's funny is he says, listening to it, or sad, he has passed, he said, listening to it drove me crazy because I tried to play it as bluesy as I could. And he said, that means I played it flat. Hmm. When I listen to it, it drives me insane hmm. that it's flatter than it should be. You know, that's the that's the 
the musician being hardest upon himself. Yeah, it sounds like perfection to us. Right. The Baker Street effect, however, is a resurgence of sales of saxophones and their use in mainstream pop. If you go look at when Baker Street came out, a whole lot of saxophones made their ways into rock bands and into commercials and such, and that's what they called the Baker Street effect. Here's Raphael Ravenscroft and Baker Street on Rock School. Coming into the first break, you said that the Dave Ramsey show, which you're a fan of listening to, yeah, you said they only use the saxophone part. Yeah, well, why, why is that? What they're doing is they're pulling out the most popular part of the song. It's, believe it or not, I have it in my notes here, the TikTok effect. This is music being written in such a way, we talked about this about four shows ago, the, the idea of creating music so it can be more easily plucked out and created into a TikTok video. Well, that's we used to call that a song being all hook. Mm. You know the song by Chumbawamba, Tub Thumping? Yeah. The vast number of people do not know he drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks a vodka drink, he drinks a cider drink, he drinks a lager drink. I they don't know, know that. that. But what do they know? Oh, I get knocked down, but I get up. It's a bar song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. We're all waiting for that thing. I remember listening to Michael Jackson um I think it's called Wanna Be Starting Something. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of stood around the car until he went, hee-haw, and we all yelled it. <laughs> you know, you're just waiting for that one oh. little bit. And I, I would say that is the TikTok effect. You're just pulling out the, the whole thing. Let me talk about a few more here that aren't specifically to a musician. The Mozart effect. And you're going to say, but Mozart, a musician. Yeah, I get it. But this is what they're doing with it. It's the idea that listening to classical music can enhance the intelligence of people and babies in particular, meaning mothers are putting headphones on their tummies right. and playing Mozart right. to their children. By the way, there is absolutely zero Research that backs that up. Oh, yeah? Zero research. And if you say you have some, then you got to be dealing with something like from Pampers that paid the people to say it. Maybe it relaxes mama. If that's the case, that's great. Yeah. That's great. But you can't state that I played my kid Mozart and then he scored seven points higher. Then what? You know? (laughs) However, it's been studied to death. And there was a study in Taiwan called attention drainage. It's the attention drainage effect, where this couple of Taiwanese researchers played um, different kinds of music, including Mozart, to a, uh, a group of 133 participants. And they found that reading comprehension improved with light classical music or no music in the background. However, hip-hop music made it go the opposite way. It harmed performance and concentration. And look, you can say, oh, oh, yeah, it's because rap stinks. No, 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 I doubt it. It's because it has words. Mm -hmm. And you have no choice but to focus on the words. I tell students in my audio class when we're creating commercials, 
never do your voiceover over top of singing. Because if you do, now the audience is conflicted. It's a cognitive dissonance. They're trying to listen to you and listen to the singing, especially if it's a song they know, and it screws up their ability to comprehend. And I'll give you one more here. The record effect. This is back from the 1800s. John Philip Sousa, as in... He predicted the ability to record would lead to the demise of music. The phonograph, he said, would erode the finer instincts of the ear. It would also make it so nobody needed to go see live music because they could just buy it. True. True. (sighs) True. He's a little overstating it, but... Ain't so untrue. Right. Ain't so untrue. I'll give you one more. The Bannister effect. Do you know who Roger Bannister is? No. Roger Bannister Mm. was the first man to run a mile in under four minutes. The Bannister effect is, and it's usually athletes, the Bannister effect is that as soon as somebody does it, now we all believe it can be done. So it's a completely different mindset. Okay. Before Mike Tyson was beaten by Buster Douglas... No one believed the undisputed baddest man on the planet could be beaten until it happened. And then all the boxing purists look at him and went, oh, oh, that's how you do it. And so it says people apply this to music. If you know any musicians, there was a was the Wednesday on Netflix, that that thing. She plays a song on the cello. Yeah. And a guy put out a TikTok that said, this is impossible. It can't be played. It took about four seconds for mm-hmm. a musician to say, hold my beer, and then just play it. And that's the thing. Once it's done, right? we can all look at it and go, okay, it can be done. It can be done. Who's listening to us on the show? That would be the ROX Network, roxnetwork.co.uk. Perfect. Back in a minute here on Rock School. All right, we're going to do another effect here named after... This isn't really a musician. It's a musician's girlfriend slash wife. Now, oh, you yeah? had a question you wanted yeah. to ask what, me. What, what is the butterfly effect? The, the butterfly effect is the idea that a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere in Western Africa. It creates a wave that builds over the ocean and a hurricane hits the eastern seaboard of the United States. The overriding idea is the teeniest thing, when extrapolated out, can have massive effect elsewhere. Whoa. That's the idea of the butterfly effect. That's that's scary. Yep. Oh, my. Yep. Again, Urban Dictionary. Mm -hmm. And by the way, thanks to a couple friends of mine on Facebook for telling me about this, the Yoko effect. (laughs) You could probably guess what it is. The Yoko effect... It simply states, when a man begins a relationship with a woman, if he allows the relationship to consume his life, it gets in the way of his future actions. It's named after Yoko Ono, who ransacked the Beatles, stealing John Lennon along the way and inevitably breaking up the band, which isn't true. 
It isn't true. It's not that that she said to John, you're you're better than this. She's not from Liverpool. I don't know why I was doing that. She didn't say to him, you're better than this. As a matter of fact, uh, it was Paul that broke up the Beatles. And if you watch the the Let It Be sessions, I'm trying to remember what that thing was on Apple TV. No, it was Mm -hmm. on Disney Plus. Yeah. That showed the creating of the Let It Be album. Yoko Ono was there, but to be honest with you, she kept her mouth shut. Right. I mean, she was a presence, but so was Linda McCartney. Right. So was a few other people. I I didn't walk away from it hating Yoko. Now, look, on a couple of the breaks, they gave her a, a microphone and she went, <laughs> that drove me crazy. <laughs> but I didn't see her as the person breaking up the Beatles. Right. She seemed like a minor, minor inconvenience. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way it is. How about the ballad of John and Yoko here on Rock School? Coming into the bottom of the hour, my name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. I don't know if this one fits, but I'm going to sort of shove it in sideways and you can take it and do with it as you please. The six or seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, which is it? Is it the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon? Oh, uh, yeah, I or is think it the so. six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Is it degrees or it's separation, isn't it? It might be. I, I, I'd love to tell you I know exactly what's going on here, but it's one of these things that's a game. Somebody says Kevin Bacon and then something else. And you in six steps or seven steps must find the connection to Kevin Bacon. I don't know if you know this or not, but Kevin Bacon is a musician. And has had some pretty good luck with his brother, Michael. Right. They have a band called the Bacon Brothers, which I think is fantastic. The Bacon Brothers have actually had nothing huge, but they've had some success through the Internet. And, of course, because he is Kevin Bacon, people have enjoyed it. But that's, you know, you you play the game, but instead of playing it with acting, you play the game getting him to a musician. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. Does that fit? Yeah, you know what? Yes. Bacon is always good. You're right. You're completely right. Let's do seven days, 70 seconds, May 1 through May 7th. You got Monday. Go. May 1, 1966, James Brown plays the Ed Sullivan Show for the first time. Usually the artist would play to a track, but James demanded to get his entire band there. Yeah. May 2nd, Pink Floyd's The Wall is certified diamond, selling 10 million copies. May 3rd, 1986, the Silver Dollar City Amusement Park is reopened under new management, and the new name is Dollywood. You bet. May 4, 1658. Yes, that's correct. May 4th, 1658. Bartolomo Cristofori is born. He'll make his living as a harpsichord maker, except in 1709, he's going to invent the piano. May 5th, 1986, it was announced on the day that Cleveland would be where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is to be built. May 6th, 1965, at a hotel in Clearwater, Florida, Keith Richards sings a guitar riff into a cassette recorder and then falls asleep. So you have him singing a riff and then 40 minutes of someone snoring. 
the riff will become satisfaction. And then May 7th, 2016, Axl Rose starts a tour with ACDAC, sitting in for Brian Johnson, who was dealing with a hearing problem. Do you know who Django Reinhardt is? Yeah. He is a jazz guitarist. He is he created a new kind of music called Gypsy, and he sort of was the purveyor of it. How could it be a new kind of music? Well, the Reinhardt effect is a musician creating music opposed to his disability or her disability. What Reinhardt did, he was in a, in a terrible fire, and he only had access to two fingers on his fretting hand. So he figured a way to play all of these runs on a single string. So when you hear guitars go brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
There's another one where they take a, a white screen and they play a sound effect that goes beep beep and they flash a black dot on the screen. Right. And they say to you, how many times did that black dot flash? Right. Well, it only flashed once, but because you heard beep beep, that you yeah. will think that it did twice. Oh my gosh. And according to the McGurk effect, now Joe, how are you going to connect this to music? Mm -hmm. It says the McGurk effect is quite successful on people who are not musicians. A trained musician has a hard time being defeated by the McGurk effect. Mm, you cannot be fooled, huh? <laughs> There's a thing called the Rosenthal effect, also known as the Pygmalion defect. Effect. It might be a defect. Higher expectation leads to an increase in performance. Low expectation leads to a decrease in performance. They did it specifically with musicians. When they were playing in front of six or seven people, and some of them were friends, mistakes eh. didn't... Yeah, But when they were playing before a crowd, they cared more. Wow. I think, I think it extrapolates out. I don't know much more about it, but I think it extrapo extrapolates out that if it's really a big gig, well, you practice more. You're more focused well, to it. Well, you should just play like the Queen's going to be there at every audience, right? You would think, but I don't think your brain would do that. I just don't think your brain would do it. In 1927, there was an effect called the Zygarnik. It's after Bluma Zygarnik. No. Yeah, Z-E-I-G-A-R-N-I-K. Zygarnik. I think I'm right. I'm probably wrong. What she noticed was in waiters and waitresses. People remembered tasks they started but never completed better than tax, the tasks that they already finished. Such as? So if the task isn't done, you will remember it. I didn't bring that guy his toast. Well, they tried it with musicians. And when they told the musician that every time they played it, you can do that better. You can do that better. That oh. can be done better. They remembered the song better. Once they believe they've mastered the tune, it left, wow. their, it left their brain. So it says to be a better musician, never consider yourself completed on a song never it helps you i'll give you one more here bop, ba, da, bop, 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 bop. uh the levitin effect l-e-v-i-t-i-n daniel levitin came up with it in 1994 he talks about how people hear music and why some songs are on the same brain cell as other songs even if you're not a musician you can hear that it's in a key and songs that are in E are as pleasing as other songs because they're in E. And if you are pleased with that key, you normally like the songs. And if you're not pleased with that key, like you sing in B, which you're most comfortable at least, it's the weirdest. Nobody sings in B. Well, That's I don't weird. sing well in it either. <laughs> but B is a weird key, which is probably why some songs... You kind of go, that's good. A lot of piano songs are in B flat, hmm. you know, and that's that it's weird because he found that people didn't remember so much melody lines and such. They thought about music in terms of key, even if they didn't know what a key was. Wow. That's hard to believe. Neat, huh? Who's no. listening to us? K-H-N-S, Skagway, Alaska. Believe it or don't. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the second break, how about the Alanis Morissette effect? 
Now, you remember she had big, big hits with Jagged Little Pill. Mm -hmm. Did you know she was a pop act in Canada for two albums previous to putting out Jagged Little Pill? They tried to, you know, do what you do with a pop tart. Mm -hmm. You know, don't eat, get skinny, you know, show off part of your body, you know, something tight around the hips. And that's not who she was. Well, we talked about this and we talked about uh, branding your own uh, record label. The fact that she was given the ability to do what she wished because she was on Madonna's label, which Uh I think is called Maverick. So Madonna said, yeah, you do what you do. It used to be, this is what Medium.com says. It says that women rarely had a space in rock or alternative. Obviously, there were exceptions. There was Pat Benatar. There was Blondie. And when they started to have some success, they allowed in the Joan Jett and the Chrissy Hine. But when Jagged Little Pill came out, the effect was it blew the doors wide open for women, especially in alternative and hard rock. Now, all of a sudden, there was an equal keel of instead of go find me another Pearl Jam, Go find me another Alanis Morissette. Right, right. So you, that's where you saw, in at least those forms of music, that's where you started to see women being far better represented. Yes? Yeah. That's the Alanis Morissette effect here on Rock School. I had no choice but to hear you. You stated your case time and again. I thought about it You treat me like I'm a prince Okay, coming into the last break, I missed one of these laws or effects that's not named after a, uh, a musician, but rather after a researcher. This is Ohm's acoustic law. Sometimes they call it the acoustic phase law or just simply Ohm's law. Ohm as in, if you know anything about electricity, watt is kind of the punch. That's why they say my my amplifier has 50 watts. My speaker can take 100 watts. This thing, and I try to explain to my students what watts mean. And it's always just the more watts, the louder, when it's absolutely not true. <laughs> but that's what, they, that's what they walk away with. However, this Ohm law states that a musical sound, and, and this is one of those things where you kind of go, well, duh. Well, there was a point we didn't know this. Mm-hmm. So you, you once this is out there, we're like, okay, now we can do different things. Sound is picked up at the ear, not just as a single tone. You play a G. Yeah, you hear the G. But how come a G on a guitar sounds different than a G on a flute? Or you sing a G, I sing a G. How is it that we sound different, even though we're singing the same note well what it has to do with all of the overtones and harmonics your voice will amplify some more than others and it's the same thing with a violin playing a g and what have you if you look at and what's great is i have the the dean of the science department come and talk to my audio kids and he shows them this is what a g i think it's a g looks like in terms of a waveform right. played by a violin. Here it is played by a guitar. Here it is sung. Here it is what... And the waveform, they don't even look like each other. Really? And the reason is because it sounds like a violin because certain frequencies and overtones are being pushed harder than other ones. That's what gives it its timber, 
it's color, it's beauty. And once we learned that, that it's not a sine wave, it was easier to create it, especially into digital. He goes into digital and how it's, you don't need the whole wave. You just need certain points. Wow. And he showed how that was done. Why am I telling you this? Because musicians, apparently, when tested, can pick up these harmonic differences faster than just about anybody who isn't a musician. Wow. So there. Anywho, the last one, the Beyonce effect. And I say this because there's an entire book that's been released by McFarlane Books called The Beyonce Effect. And what the guy who wrote it, actually not the guy, it's a series of essays, but the person who put it together is trying to explain why Beyonce has become so magnificently big. The general theory is that she doesn't create trends, she synthesizes them. You know this, the, the song, All the Single Ladies? All the Single Ladies. Everybody's like, well, that's the greatest thing in the world. In reality, it's a Bob Fosse work called Mexican Breakfast that was performed by Gwen Verdon on The Ed Sullivan Show in 1969. Really? What they do is they look at what Beyonce's doing, and you can see that she's taking what was and then making it her own which is basically synthesizing something new out of something old. And it has garnered her some of the greatest success ever and gave her the Bay Hive and made her rich beyond belief. And they claim that the ability to synthesize is the Beyonce effect. What's the difference between synthesize and rip off? I'm not allowed to talk about that. Because that would get me into trouble. And it's the last break. We got to go. Okay. I I can't get into that. Okay. I thought the same thing. I mean, if you like the person, they're synthesizing. Right. If not, you're ripping them off. I don't like that guy. Yeah, he's ripping me off. You know, that's the thing. And how many times has it happened in music where somebody took like a two lines or a chord progression from another band and said, they're going to love this. This is an homage to them. And then they get sued. You know, the hooting the blowfish? Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm such a baby. Well, the dolphins make me cry. There ain't nothing I can do. There's a whole group of lines that he took out of a Bob Dylan song. Yep. And the thought was, Bob's going to love this. Nope. Bob sued them. Yep. <laughs> Bob did not love it. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of this has to do, do I like the person? Do I not like the person? You know, you find that in humor as well. Robin Williams even stated when he came out on stage, his uh, fame... He said, got me about three minutes of, you know, we love you. We love you. We love you. He said, but then you had to be funny because if you weren't funny. Yeah, they don't love you all of a sudden. They don't love you all that much. You get a little bit of a padding. Then you better do what you do. Then so, you better be funny. That's right. Well, the Joe Burns effect is that the show's over. Oh, I'm, I'm Joe God. Burns. You are? Oh, thank God. Tammy Burns. <laughs> and the audience agrees. That's it. Class is dismissed.